0: Or the Jazz taking a two-point shot 67% of their shots were from three Terrence Mann connects on a three He did that well in the third quarter of the last game George has Conley on a big height advantage although Conley as Mann gets a three Terrence Mann George on a hard drive gets inside sidestep missed Terrence Mann on the follow It's been a man explosion here to start What we just can't miss, what we just can't miss, with a beat like this, it's the joint. We're gonna prove to the world that, we're for real, we're gonna prove to everybody, we know the real deal we got. What's up, what's up, what's up basketball fans, welcome to episode number 50, Big 5-0, episode number 50 of L.A. Courtside Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray, here to talk about, of course, the riveting victory last night by the LA Clippers over the Utah Jazz, 131-119, to in which they overcame as much as a 25-point deficit and a barrage of three-pointers towards the uh, end of that game, or actually the whole entire second half, the coming out party of T-Man, Terrence Mann scoring 39 points. That music clip that you just heard was a Uh, A a rap song by a group by the name of Funky Plus One. And that was a group back in the early 80s. The name of that clip was called It's the Joint. But I'm going to rename that song. It's the Clip Joint. The Clip Joint. It's all about the Clippers now, baby. Western Conference Finals. They have erased, finally, 50 years of futility. 50 years of disappointment that their fans have went through. 50 years of basically mocking, well, not 50 years mocking by the Laker fans. They, uh, the Clippers only went into L.A. in 1984. So you're talking about 37, 47 years of mocking by the L.A. Laker fans. The Clip fans, the Clipper-holics, the Clip joint, Clipper Nation can finally, finally rid themselves of all that ridicule as they are advancing to the Western Conference Finals against the Phoenix Suns. And that game last night was just, if you did not stay up to watch that game, if you went to bed when they were down by 25 points, and if that's the case, you know, more power to you. You know, there's a whole lot of people went to bed when they were down by 25 points thinking, here we go, here we go again. It's a game seven. That game five that they uh, beat up on Utah in Utah was an anomaly Uh, It's not going to happen again. They're going to go to game seven and eventually lose to the Jazz. But the Clippers were not having any of that, especially Terrence Mann, Paul George, Marcus Morris Sr., Patrick Beverly. I mean, the whole cast, they just were not having any of it. Nick Batum, Luke Kennard, Rajon Rondo. I mean, the boys were balling. And it's a testament to the uh, L.A. Clippers because coming into this year, of course, they had a whole lot of pressure on them to make it to at least the Western Conference Finals based on what happened to them last year in the bubble. We don't need to revisit that anymore. But they did come with a lot of pressure on them this year. And they had uh, pressure on them in this series as well, especially without Kawhi Leonard, who is still out with what's still being diagnosed as a sprained knee haven't heard too much more about the uh, torn ACL, and let's hope that's not the case. They don't know whether or not he's going to be available for the Phoenix series or not. But the way this Clipper team is playing right now, with or without Kawhi Leonard, they have an excellent shot to beat the Phoenix Suns as well. So before I get into the analysis of this particular game, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will, too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right, pick any basketball team that is still in contention. And of course, that means the Clippers. It could be the Phoenix Suns, it could be the Milwaukee Bucks, it could be the Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, whomever, whomever you wanna bet, even the Atlanta Hawks, bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to L.A. Courtside. Again, this is episode number 50 of L.A. Courtside. I started this podcast in January of this year, January 2021. And I have been having a blast since doing this podcast. So again, I appreciate all of you who listen, all of you who subscribe. And when you do subscribe, make sure you rate and review and put some comments on there. I do appreciate that. And you can find this podcast on any other platforms where you get your podcasts at, whether it be Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. So, going back to the Clippers. The Clippers were, were founded basically in 1970, just to give you a brief history on the Clippers, 1970, uh, as they entered the NBA as an expansion team uh, called the Buffalo Braves. And then they moved to San Diego in the 1977-78 season, it became known as the San Diego Clippers. Then after that, of course, they moved to L.A. in 1984. So I mentioned earlier that uh, they have been in L.A. for, I said, 37, 47 years. I guess, you know, I couldn't get that math straight in my head right away. Didn't carry the one like I was supposed to. It's actually 37 years that they have been uh, in Los Angeles and pretty much have been mocked, you know, and most of the time in a fun way by the L.A. Laker fans. Who, of course, have a more storied history in the city of Los Angeles. So the Clippers—it's just been a futile 37 seasons since they've been in Los Angeles. They haven't, again, making it to the um, or made it to the uh, Western Conference uh, semifinals or Western Conference Finals, I should say. And now they have done just that. And then, obviously, they have not made an NBA Finals. And we will see if they'll be able to uh, beat the Phoenix Suns. But going back to this game last night again, when they were down by 25 points, I know there were a lot of Clipper fans who may have given up on their team. And, you know, I guess there's no shame in that. I mean, you're down by 25 points against the Utah, a very, very good Utah Jazz basketball team. You know, don't get that twisted. This team is very good. Donovan Mitchell, you know, on a bad ankle. It was obvious that he was favoring that ankle, but he was still balling. That kid played 40 minutes, was, it, was 12 out of 27 from the field, 9 of 15 from three-piece land. Folks, this is a superstar in the making before our very eyes, and this is a guy that we should definitely uh, respect and admire moving forward. If this guy doesn't get injured, uh, he will go down as one of the greatest jazz players ever if he stays there his entire career. I know a lot of people were uh, on Stephen A. Smith's back when he said he thought Donovan Mitchell was the greatest jazz player ever right now. Yeah, well, of course, you can dispute that. You know, the Carl Malone and John Stockton fans will uh, dispute that all day long. But if he stays there and plays like this and, and if he wins a championship, because, of course, Stockton and Malone, they did not win a championship. But this kid is able to pull that off of Utah and continue to play like he's playing. He would be the greatest player in jazz history for sure. So again, they were they were just they were they were killing, killing the Clippers. And uh, up by 20, 25 points. So now the second half rolls around, and then you have the Terrence man coming out party. Now, for those of you not familiar with the background of Terrence Mann, he is a second-year player from Florida State. I believe he was drafted maybe number 48 overall in that draft. So he had a pretty nondescript career in Florida State. Well, I shouldn't say nondescript. If you make it to the NBA, obviously you can play. But uh, it was a second round as a number 48 pick. He did not get a whole lot of time last year under Doc Rivers. You know he got spot duty and things like that, and then starting this year he started to get a little bit more playing time under Tai Lu, and then what happens? You know Kawhi Leonard he gets injured, and it's all about opportunity, folks. It really is. The NBA is all about opportunity. So Kawhi Leonard gets hurt, you have to insert someone to take his place. So Tai Lu inserts Terrence Mann as the starter, and last night again a coming out party of of biblical proportions. This kid was 15 out of 21, 15 out of 21, 7 of 10 from three-piece land. He's not considered like a great three-point shooter. But obviously, he can shoot it, but, you know, he was on fire. They had to feed him the ball. He was on fire. This kid, I mentioned this in my last episode, episode number 49, when they bring him in the game, you know, he's not a high-volume scorer. That was the first time you saw that last night shooting at that type of level and that type of volume of shots, but um, I mentioned in episode number 49, what he does bring most times is just a high level of energy. You know, the kid is like the Energizer Bunny, man. He's all over the court. He's a pretty good defender. He's a pretty good rebounder. He's fearless going to the basket. He had another uh, tip dunk last night. I believe that was also over the man who I call the Eiffel Tower, respectfully, of course, Rudy Gobert, the Defensive Player of the Year, and Terrence Mann is just—he's just fearless, fearless—and he was going through to the basket with reckless abandon. And um, if it wasn't for him, of course, you know I'm not telling you something that you don't already you know. The Clippers would not have won this game. 15 out of 21 again, seven of 10 from three-piece land, 39 big points, and he carried that team. In the second half, I believe at one point he may have scored like eight, ten points in a row or something like that. And then brought the Clippers to within ten, somewhere around in there. And they just took off from there. They just fed off of his energy, fed off of the positivity he was bringing to the floor, fed off of the the uh, shot making that he was doing. Next thing you know, all of the Clippers were firing it up big time, even starting with, let's say, Nick Batum. He played 40 minutes, 6 out of 9 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3-piece land for 16 points. The Clippers shot 51% f- for this entire game from 3-point land, 56% uh, overall. In the second half, they shot 71%. And it was it was just amazing. It was amazing to see. Marcus Morris Sr., did not have the best game of all the starters. He only scored seven points. He was three or seven from the field. But, hey, you give him a pass because he's been playing very, very good ball since the last couple of games of the Dallas series and then on into this Utah series. So he wasn't really even needed last night with the with the shots all the rest of these cats were making. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, the guy that signed a one-year contract. One year. Okay, Clippers, you're going to have to have uh, uh, make a decision on this guy you, you, you have to extend him. You have to, unless you're going out to get another point guard from somewhere. 10 out of 16 from the field. 3 or 7 from three-point land. In the first half, Reggie Jackson was not as aggressive as he normally has been. And you know how you're watching the game sometimes. You're yelling at the TV. You're all into it. You know, I had a little drink in my hand. I'm sitting outside and just, you know, watching this game. You know, sitting back poolside watching the game. And I'm like, Reggie, Reggie, come on, man. You need to drive to the basket. When he drives to the basket, good things happen. Reggie Jackson can finish. He's also a fearless guy, just like Terrence Mann. He can finish at the basket. He doesn't care who's down there. And, of course, Reggie Jackson can shoot that three ball from the outside. And he only had one turnover. You know, one of the uh, negative aspects of Reggie's game, you know, when he came over to the Clippers – Uh, was his turnover ratio. He's gotten a whole lot better in that category, a whole lot better. So the Clippers are going to have to make a decision uh, when this season is over. Are they going to extend Reggie Jackson or, you know, let him walk as an unrestricted free agent? I think it's going to be the former. You have to keep him on the team for at least another two or three years. And then, lastly, as far as the starters go, playoff P, the self-proclaimed playoff P. PG-13, Paul George, 46 minutes he logged, 10 out of 24 from the field, two of five from three-piece land, six of seven free throws. He scored 28 big points, plus 19 in the plus-minus column. Led that team along with uh, uh, Pat Beverly, and I'll get to him in a second, in that particular category in the plus-minus. Paul George is now – he's now – well, obviously you have to uh, because Kawhi Leonard's not playing – he has become the leader of this team. He is the vocal leader of this team. Um, his, his talent speaks for itself. You know, as he goes, the, the Clippers go. And Pat, uh, I'm sorry, uh, George, Paul George, you know, he's balling. As I keep saying, during these playoffs, he wants to get that nasty taste out of his mouth with that three games and one league that they had last year and blew against the Denver Nuggets. Keep saying that. And Paul George is playing like that. He averaged 30 points a game in this particular series, in this six-game series against Utah. And most of those games were played even with Kawhi Leonard. So Paul George is getting the job done. It, you know, it's not too much anyone can say about Paul George now, you know, unless he just goes into the Phoenix series and just bombs there. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to play well against the Phoenix Suns. Also, then last year you had Patrick Beverly. The defensive bulldog, the defensive stalwart of the L.A. Clippers, 12 points, three of four from three-piece land. Now, toward the end of that game, when you were watching the Clippers just shoot a barrage of threes and making it, and then Pat Beverly, Pat Beverly, as we all know, he's not the greatest shooter in the world. He's not the greatest offensive player in the world. We know about his defensive prowess. He is not the greatest offensive player. Now, once you see him jacking up threes and making them, and making them in rhythm, shooting those threes in rhythm. One of them, he shot the three with, you know, the shot clock, the 24-second shot clock only, I don't know, maybe five or six seconds went off of that clock, and he got a pass, and uh, it wasn't in the corner. It was, like, between the corner and and the top of the key area, and he just shot that three in rhythm, and down it went. He made three threes, and when you saw that happening, you knew this was the Clippers' night, that the Clippers were going to pull this game out, and that's exactly what they did. I kind of question, going back to Utah, their coach, um, and not playing Clarkston more in the second half. In the first half, Clarkston was killing the Clippers. He scored like 17 points or something like that, and then you know he ended up with 21, so he only scored four more points, but when the second half started... You know, Clarkson wasn't on the floor to start the second half. You know, some of these coaches, they kind of outthink themselves sometimes. You know, maybe he's thinking, you know, Clarkson is our sixth man. He did win sixth man of the year. Give him that. Sixth man of the year, that's fine. But when a guy is hot like that, you know, the the hell with all that awards and he's the sixth man and you have to have a robotic uh, playbook or a robotic rotation, well, I'm only going to bring Clarkson in as the sixth guy, whether I, whether it's the beginning of the game or start the second half, Clarks, Clarkson should have been in that game to start the second half. He didn't even play that many minutes in the second half, and then the coach had the nerve to put him in toward the end of the game when the game was already settled. So I did not. I don't think the Utah fans liked that too much. I don't think he was injured at all. Heck, unless his wrist was injured as much as many threes as he was jacking up in the first half and making them. So uh, that's just a little take I have on the, uh, the Utah Jazz and their coach. Uh, Royce O'Neill for Utah, he actually played a very good game, two forty-two 42 minutes, 8 out of 12 from the field. He's, uh, he slowly became like the villain <laughs> in the eyes of the Clippers as far as Jazz players are concerned. You know, he hit four out of six uh, from three-piece land, and he was blowing kisses to the crowd, the Staples Center crowd, and, you know, putting those three fingers up in the air when he hit a three. But that's fine. You can do all that. But at the end of the day, you look up at the scoreboard at the end, and you see you're on a losing end of 131 to 119 loss to the uh, to the Clippers. And another thing about the Clippers coach uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, just said, and they talked about this on the uh, ESPN broadcast at the end of the game. It seemed like he was lost out there on the floor defensively. Yes, he's the defensive player of the year, but he was not able to guard the Clippers on the perimeter shooting all those three-point shots. You know, he, he just can't do that. He's not, you know, fast afoot. You know, if, if the Clippers were driving into the lane, that's one thing. But they were shooting threes from the outside, and Gobert just found himself lost on the floor. They took full advantage of that, especially Terrence Mann. Gobert could not could not hang. So, you know, that was a head-scratcher for, you know, a lot of folks who watch basketball. You know, why are you, why are you having a Rudy Gobert, Gobert out there trying to guard somebody on a perimeter. So that was like a, a, a negative a negative point of contention for uh, the Utah Jazz and their coach. So now Clippers, Clipper Hollings, Clipper Nation, Clipper fans, your team is finally after 50 years, 50 years, again, this team was formed in the 1970 71 season. Fifty years they have been in the NBA and have not gotten this far, so Clipper fans, you deserve you deserve a party. You deserve all of this jubilation. You have stuck with this team, and especially the Clipper, Clipper fans that are in Los Angeles. There's still Clipper fans that are in San Diego. Really, I'm not sure about Buffalo, but there's definitely still Clipper fans in San Diego, and you know they have emotional ties to this team, and it's just a good. You know, a good thing. It's a good story to see the Clippers uh, going this far. You know, they, they were pretty much the butt of all jokes for a very, very long time. You know, the, uh, the owner that they had, Donald Sterling, everybody knows the story of him. He was you know, pretty much a knucklehead. I can go on and on about, about him. And uh, the management was just not very good. And then again, they come to Los Angeles in 1984 and, and, and have to basically share an arena with the Lakers. Who is one of the most successful franchises in all of sports in the entire on on this entire globe of ours, and that's pressure in itself. And then, of course, you have to you know listen to the Laker fans. The Laker fans, you know, a lot of them they want the Clippers to move out of L.A. You know, a lot of them say, yeah, we don't want them around. We don't root for them, even though they're in our city. We don't root for them. Why don't they just move to Wichita, Kansas, or you know? Pierre, South Dakota, you know, some obscure place, you know, get them the hell out of Los Angeles. Well, I can tell you right now, the Clippers aren't going anywhere. They're building their own stadium that should be ready in a couple of years, and they will, you know, pretty much have their own identity. So as of right now, they do not have to take a back seat to the Lakers or, or anybody else for that matter. And as far as Phoenix is concerned, you know, Phoenix, uh, they dispatched Denver last week, so they're getting plenty of rest. Uh, Chris Paul is still under the um, COVID-19 protocol. Not sure what his status is going to be for game one, which starts on Sunday, tomorrow. So we will see how that shakes out. But they still have Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, both those Cameron boys, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne. You know, Phoenix is a very, very formidable squad. But in my opinion, even without Kawhi, Even without Kawhi, because we're not sure of his status either. Even without Kawhi, I do think that the Clippers can actually prevail uh, against Phoenix and find themselves in the NBA Finals against someone from the East, whoever's going to make it out of the East. So again, congratulations to the Clippers, all you Clipper fans, all you Clipper-holics. You know, it's been a long time coming, but you finally made it and enjoy it enjoy it, really. You have a very, very good basketball team. Again, even without Kawhi Leonard. And they're playing like it. They are playing like they belong. They are playing like they're one of the best teams in the West, which they are. And we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how it shakes out against Phoenix. So in my next segment, really quick, I just want to go across the NBA and talk about a couple of more series that's going on. Starting with the Atlanta Hawks. So the Atlanta Hawks had a chance to win that series against the Philadelphia 76ers. They had a 3-2 series lead, uh, but they could not hold on, hold on at home. They lost 104 to 99 against uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is led, of course, by Tobias Harris, who had not played particularly well in the last few games or so. But this particular game, he scored 24 points on nine for 20 shooting. And Joel Embiid was also 9 out of 24, and he scored 20, 22 points, I'm sorry. And then Seth Curry, though, was the guy who was really killing Atlanta. He was 8 out of 14 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3-piece land, and he scored 24 points. And then the surprise of that particular game, of course, was Tyrese Maxey. Young rookie, 5 out of 12 from the field. 1 of 2 from 3-piece land, 16 points. He actually put Ben Simmons on the bench. I'm not sure what's going on with Ben, well, I am kind of sure what's going on for Ben Simmons. He can't shoot the ball. And then, at the end of the game, teams are going to do the, the hack of Ben and send him to the free throw line. He was, he was two or four for this particular time, but he's not going to shoot 50% all the time at the free throw line. He played 25 minutes and only scored six points. And some of the Ben Simmons lovers out there, you know, they like the guy, they say, well, he's one of the best defenders in the league, which he is and uh, he's a facilitator, which he is, I'll give him that. But is that worth $30 million a year? Which is what he's making, upwards of that, really? $30 million for a guy to bring the ball across half court. Watch, watch the next time Philadelphia plays. He walks the ball across half court and then he just passes it to somebody. He steps back and he waits for something to happen, for somebody else to do something. To me, that's not, that's not worth $30 million. So, obviously, shooting the basketball is, or his lack of shooting, must be in his head because he just refuses to do so. I'm not paying $30 million for a guy to just walk the, walk the ball across half court and uh, give it to Embiid or give it to Tobias Harris or whomever. So, Doc Rivers basically took him out in favor of the rookie, Tyrese Maxey. And Ben Simmons, As you, if you looked on the sidelines, he wasn't liking it too much, but, oh, well, those are the breaks, buddy. So that that series is tied 3-3 now, and the last game will be in Philadelphia. And the other series on the eastern side is, of course, Milwaukee and the Brooklyn Nets. And that game seven, it will be today or tonight. And we will see. Here's the Greek Freak. Here's your chance to shine. Your chance to shine, Greek Freak. You know, are you going to barrel your way to the basket uh, like you normally do? Or are you going to stand out there and shoot jumpers that you can barely hit? And as far as Brooklyn is concerned, Kyrie Irving is not playing. James Harden uh, may be a little bit better. The hamstring may be a little better. And Kevin Durant, are you going to have a better game than you had in game six in Milwaukee? You know, are you going to do another one of those 49-point efforts? We will see. Wouldn't put it past KD to do that. So that's gonna be a very, very good game tonight against those two particular teams. And one of them, of course, will advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, awaiting the winner of Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, we shall see what happens. So it's getting down to the nitty gritty, folks. We have Phoenix that have made the Western Conference Finals and we have those Clippers, the Clip Joint. And then we will have either Milwaukee or Brooklyn or Atlanta or Philadelphia. So it's getting very, very interesting in the in the NBA. So with that folks, I'd like to leave it right there. Again, I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this show. Also like to thank DraftKings.com, our sponsor. And again, if you don't want to miss any episodes of LA Courtside, whatever platform you use to get your podcast, such as Apple, Google, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, make sure you subscribe via one of those platforms and also rate comment and review i really really appreciate it and with that basketball fans i'll leave it right there again thank you for listening i have made it to 50 episodes and i plan to keep on going and with that peace